Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song's Second Chance Theater, where we recover a topic but with a new guest. I'm your host, John, and with me today is the king of Second Chance Theater, Derek Speedy. Woo! Ah, oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm doing the the, the princess the royal wave. The royal, the royal wave. wave. Yes, yes. Um, D Speeds, how are you? Oh, I'm great. You know, it's, it's summer recording this i feel like we're like officially in summer now i mean so just kind of technically um, yes we are in summer now for for a yeah, few days I know. Quite, yes quite 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 literally but uh literally yes just um enjoying summer in new york before it turns into uh satan's anus oh boy um well we should go to caligari or whatever the name oh, is. Oh, man, that the sounds exactly is. like where everyone's going to the south of France or the Hamptons. Send me to Calicari. Calicari, that's it. Because we are here to recover Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Again. Here we go again, indeed. Here we go. Uh, the movie came out in 2018. Previously, we covered it at episode 45. Uh, and the guest for that was Darius Fry. Now you did the first chance of Mama Mia, the first I sure did. <laughs> where uh, I didn't tell you this, but last episode Matt Koplick did a the second chance of Mama Mia. Oh no! Oh no! Did did he come for me? No, he didn't. He the we had a great discussion, and he. Kind of talked about this one where he was like, the first one was made poorly, but it's fun and it's good. But then this one is like well made, but it's bad. All right. So then I guess we don't even need to have this discussion. Just listen to last episode because that's (laughs) almost exactly my exact same point on this movie as well. I mean, you could you can give your interpretation of it, though. He gave his. Let's hear yours. Yeah, I'll expand. I mean, you know, you know, I'll 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 get to the question I know you were going to ask me, which is why why choose this one? Why then, this right? one? Yeah, Isn't why it? why this? Yeah. Well, my love for Mamma Mia the original is so so vast, and again, the love that I have for Mamma Mia the 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 entity within film within theater um, is so personal because of my love of ABBA and what it meant for me for learning yep. about music and musical theater and seeing a Broadway show for the first time that this was actually going to be, this is the first time in all of the Second Chance Theaters and any of the other episodes we've done together where I had never seen this movie. Oh, boy. And do you I had never regret se- that? <laughs> now I understand how you feel when you're told to watch something <laughs> for the podcast that you get a little mad about. I No, that's, that's, a, that's a little heavy. I don't, I didn't, I did not... I did not strongly dislike this film. My first note here is the first shot, dot, 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 hashtag, not my mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh boy. I forgot this movie. <laughs> I forgot how I feel while watching this movie because I, one of the things I wrote down, which 
I feel like is also your thesis statement because you like to give thesis statements when you're on here is that um, this film feels very serious with a hint of camp and it's the dichotomy that's fighting each other until Cher shows up. And that's yes. no, and I, th- I think that's absolutely, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that's, <laughs> so, you know, part of me was, I, I was listening to the episode you did with Darius after I watched the film. And part of me was like, do we even need to do this podcast today? Yes, because we do. Cause I want to hear. We do. Of course we do. And I, I have, yeah. some, I have some special, I have some special, some special other thoughts, but as I was listening to the podcast, I was making notes about things that I wanted to say. And as I wrote them down, you guys said them. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we went. So we, where's the one? Where's one greatest? Oh yeah, the Mama Mia extended universe. I was like motherfuckers. <laughs> um, or where's the other one? Um, oh yeah, you said uh, you said oh is there going to be a third one? And there is a third one in the works. Yep. And they want to yep. use some of Abba's new movies or new new movies, new songs. And I was I was going to say oh maybe we should pitch what we think the third movie is going to be. And as I wrote that, you, you literally started pitching it. And I said, fuck you. So you guys were on it. I do have, I have something that's going to come back to that for sure. But I think, you know, my, my overall feeling about this movie was exactly what you said is that it just, it didn't have the same amount of camp. I wrote not kitschy enough. And I wrote it very early that it was f- the way it was even filmed was just so different and so I think that's what made it more serious to me was how it was filmed. And it was just so clean and crisp. The The first one had this like overexposure where everything was bright and fun mm-hmm. the entire time. The biggest thing that I have an issue with, the thing that I think you guys missed a little bit uh, that you didn't talk about in the first one was how music is used in this movie versus the first movie. Oh, and see what we didn't talk about in the first chance that I want to bring up with you is that we get off the island. Mm. Like, like that was that was the thing about the first movie is that it's this weird story this girl's trying to find out who her dad is and they're all stuck on an island and it's like a contained space because like yes even though um what's his because name because it was a musical because it was it was a theater piece which is beautiful and brilliant and smart right but like even though Stellan Skarsgård has a boat He's just like, no, let's just figure this shit out. You know, let's hang out. We're wedding. Yeah. I don't know what that accent was, by the way, but we're going with it. Uh, well, it's okay. Apparently neither did Hugh Skinner or not Hugh Skinner. Who played who played young Bill? Because he was not doing Stellan Skarsgård's accent at all. I was like, well, I don't know what accent you're doing, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I, I totally feel that's that's a great point. And I think that leads me into... This is my issue with a lot of sequels that are also prequels or backstories. <laughs> I, I love that you found that it was it was related to Godfather Part Two. I think that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference between those two movies is is, is huge. But in particular, that the first movie gives enough information of the backstory that it fills in the original story the, for the first movie that we can yeah. use our imaginations and be like. I wonder how they got there. I wonder what it was actually like for her to date these three guys in a, like a short period of time and, you know, kind of fall in love with them and having that use of our imagination to fill in the story, which is, I think a very theatrical device really, really works. And I think makes that movie like when the, the, the stuff goes off the walls and it's kitschy and campy 
and the uh, allows for you know the the Romeo and Juliet effect of like oh I actually believe these people could fall in love in three days, where when you actually show me it, I feel like it cheapens it a little bit, and now it's here's the literal way it happened, and it may honestly in some ways not that I had a specific view exactly of how everybody fell in love, but it kind of wasn't as good as my imagination was. Right, because like in the first movie you get the backstory in a line. You know, like, oh, I met your mom in France. I met your mom, I broke your mom's heart on the island. I did, uh, you know, you, you, we didn't need to see this. If anything, I wish we went back further uh, in Donna's life so, like, we saw her relationship with her mom. Because I feel exactly. like... I feel like that's should have been the whole point of this because like you know i mean that's what i thought it was going to be coming coming into this that's what i thought this movie was i thought it was about flashbacks of of um of uh lily james with Cher. i thought that's what this movie was and i know you and darius talked on this of like yeah i thought there was going to be a lot more Cher in this i even wrote down again that like all the older adults quote unquote you know like the the dads and christine baranski and julie walters and Cher and andy garcia i think they're all like the same age in real life (laughs) and so like for Cher to be the grandmother means she has to be like 80 Okay, but I don't. I don't think this is on purpose. But I do love the idea that it's a reference to Moonstruck, where Olympia Dukakis plays her mother, shares mother in in in, um, in Moonstruck, and they're like three years apart. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I I don't even know if they thought of that. I don't think they. I don't know if lot. they did either, but I like to think they did. But I think to your point is that so much of this was showing and not telling. Like again, we just or sorry, telling and not showing. Yes. Yeah. So much of stuff was just told and not shown that, like, I didn't believe really any of them fell in love that quickly. We just are told that she's a horrible mother, but I never actually get to see, or I'm not even told instances of why. It's just that she's not there. It feels so less creative. And I think some of that comes back to the music, the way music is used, is that... What's, like, a good example of what you're trying to say with the music? My best example is um, I Kissed the Teacher. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I still can't believe they wrote a song like that. <laughs> and I'm so happy they did. I think that's so fucking funny. <laughs> so it starts with um, thank you for the music. And, you know, it's kind of like this recitative and this like acapella almost reprise. And, and you know, it's Sophie singing to herself and it feels very much like a musical. I'm like, okay, we're in the musical world. And then so much of this music was framed as a performance. Yes. And yeah, so like when I kissed the teacher, it's like, oh, I'm performing at graduation. And then it turned into something else. And I was like, okay, what are the rules of music in this movie? And so, but so much, but so much of it was like, oh, Don and the Dynamos performing or Sophie performing with the Dynamos. And I wanted more of actual interactions through music, like Waterloo. Waterloo had me in a little bit more, where I was like, okay, this is funny. This is crazy. This is. This is exactly kind of more of what I was expecting. Um, Honestly, where was the other? One? I for Waterloo, I wrote, I wrote, talk about a shoehorn. 
Because like yeah. it, it felt like that was just shoehorned in. And then let's let's not forget the reason why that song happens is because Harry begs Donna to take his virginity. And then they sing Waterloo and then they have sex. And then here's the other thing too, is like we see him again and he's like, I'm gonna follow that girl to the island, and then we don't see her, see him again. And like at one point, um, when she finally meets Sam, she, she's taken to the boat after, you know, Bill jumps in and saves that married couple. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Which hilarious. Uh, I don't think she can swim either. Takes shirt off, jumps in. It's I was so, like, it, that, that is also so dumb that you have to wait like an hour for it to pay off. My my attention span on this film was a little a little lighter than maybe even the first one. But I, at one point, when she finally meets Sam and they they have a relationship together, I was like, "Wait, did I miss the time where she had sex with Bill? Like, did I miss that? Where? Wait, where did Bill go?" And then he comes back, obviously. But I was like, I, some of this stuff, I was just like, okay. Again, it, it allows the ridiculousness of kind of the storyline of the first one to be made too real that I, I don't buy into it as much. Whereas like in the first one, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, there's so much is happening. It's so ridiculous. You know, her three dads are here and, and all of this. It's just when you try to make it too real and you try to make it too concrete and too logical, it defies logic. The whole point is that it's not logical. And I, I think it lost, it lost some of that magic. Like, okay. Did you see Wakanda forever? The Black yes. Panther. Yeah. So in that movie, they're all sad because Chadwick Boseman died and like, like really died in real life. So like, you know, they blur the lines of like, oh, the character died, but like also the actor and our friend and everything. And this one, because Donna is dead and like she comes back as a ghost because Cheryl, uh, Meryl, Cheryl, <laughs> Meryl don't do sequels. <laughs> It just felt weird the whole time of like Sophie being like, this is what mom wanted. Mom, this mom. And I'm like, why? Also rewatching this, you could tell that I, I, is Stone Skarsgård. Okay. <laughs> like it's you. <laughs> Did he want to be there at all? At first, when I first saw him in, I'm going to jump to already. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you a flat already is uh, Stellan Skarsgård's Winston Churchill fat suit. When it's his twin brother giving an award. For uh, best Swede or whatever. Yeah, he's as charismatic as he is talented. (laughs) His charm is only matched by his ability to do whatever his job was. I don't know. Was it it art? I don't know. So, but, but here's the thing too. But I, I see what you're saying too. That like the way that the movie was framed did not make sense in the relationship between the past and the and and the present, because you you described this the 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 synopsis that you gave Darius was you know as Sophie learns more about her mother's past. I'm like, no, but she doesn't. She's not learning more. She's not learning more to help infer, inform her current situation. Supposedly, she already knows this, and it doesn't even feel like she's reflecting on it. And the other thing is, too, is where the fuck was the journal that she found? Remember? She finds all the things when they when, when Honey Honey happens. The only time I saw it was during, um, what's the name of the game? When she's sitting in bed and she's writing in the journal. Um, it's also when she's leaving. Um, after I kiss the, when I kiss the teacher, 
you see her when she's packing her stuff up. There is like a good shot of it. The journal framed. So it's like she just got it or it's new, I think. For as logical as they kind of wanted to be in some ways, I feel like they could have made it more obvious as to why we were going into the past. Yeah. Why? Like, I never understood why we were going into the past to the, the, in the first place, but even why we were doing it when we did it. Just the you and Darius talked a little bit about, like, kind of the jump cuts back to the past. The only time it really worked for me was I Dreamed a Dream. That was really beautiful. I thought that was really cool pieces of cinematography and set pieces. I, oh, I have, oh, a, I have dream. a dream. I dreamed a dream. My... Whoo, baby. All right. <laughs> I was like, that's that's not an ABBA song. That's from Les Mis. <laughs> I dreamed a dream. I have a dream. Castle I, on the cloud. Castle on Calicari. I also thought you were talking about uh, I've Been Waiting for You, where um, it's yet another montage of, uh, or jump cut flashbacks when um, Lily James's Donna is about to give birth. Oh, and in the present, Amanda Seyfried and the di- di- with the Donna and the Dynamos. You know, I could talk forever about this movie and how terrible it is. And I'm just, I also don't really have a lot of energy right now. I'm so sorry, everyone. This movie, like, <laughs> okay, well, he zapped a lot out of me because I the first one's terrible too, but in the best way. It's it's like it's so brilliant. It's so brilliant because it knows what it is. And I think this was this one was trying to, to be a little more than it was. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, hey, let's bring. OK, so how do you feel? First time viewer of the uh, mm. here we go again, as well as listening. I know I asked this to Darius, but I wanted I want your opinion now. How do you feel about them reprising songs like I mean, there's only two of them. Nope, there's only one of them that's a reprise, and that's SOS, like a true reprise. But them bringing back like uh, Mamma Mia or Dancing Queen or um, Super Trooper. So I, I'm with you guys. I think I think Mamma Mia made the most sense, um, and I think it made the most sense within the whole the whole scheme of things. And it actually, to me, in in a fun way that I think I wish the rest of the movie had done. And I think maybe was trying to do, which was informs the first movie where when she sings Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again, the fact that Meryl Streep is singing that in the first one, having already sung it technically in the past, which we see in the second one is that's kind of a fun little time loop, you know, mind fuckery that it's it actually is Here We Go Again in the first one. And I, so I, I really like that. But um, Dancing Queen made no fucking sense at all. Oh, and my goodness. And when, when Pierce Brosnan is talking to, um, <laughs> to, to Sophie and goes, she wishes she was here. <sighs> Our dancing queen. I was oh. like, I, I, I literally wrote, boo. I also, in Dancing Queen, um, I wrote two things. One, the dancing on the boat must have been awful. Because, like, they're really on the water there. Like, that's... That's not them on like some platform. But and that's then they... the choreography I've wanted the whole movie. It got but, me going a little bit, but it made no sense. <laughs> but I'm saying like, you know, from a technical standpoint, it must have been difficult. Like you, you've been on a boat, right? Like you can't hear shit. So where did they meet? Did they have like little ear? It got me. I got really into the technicality of it 
on how they got th- that choreography so precise for the final cut. But then also there's that shot of like when the fathers are um, being reunited and Pierce Brosnan gives this weird, like, we're doing it. We're here. Oh, he's like standing over behind her. Yeah. Behind Sophie. And he just has this like grin on him. I was like, this is terrifying. But like, also when he goes into for the big hug, it's like, it's time guys. We're doing it. But also, so, so this movie came out in 2018, way before the pandemic was even a thought. But it felt like a pandemic movie, if you think about it. Because, like, you have, um, uh, what's his, uh crap, Sky Dominic Cooper on, like, one side of the stage, you know, doing, uh, be like, I could give you two weeks. You have Meryl coming in, doing her own thing. Uh, you have the... Share coming in and doing yeah yeah like, and I, everyone did like a week. I'm yeah. sure Christine Baranski and and Julie Walters did like two weeks. <laughs> and Amanda Seyfried, like the three of them, did the most work, and it was two weeks. But like yeah, it it honestly felt like because everyone was just so separated that it didn't feel like they were all in the same world. Or, like, they all had the same conversation. Or that we were telling the same story at any time. However, as much as we're going to shit on it, I did like one of us. There's something about it. I think it's like the... (laughs) What song is that? That's the one where... (laughs) That's the... It's the third song. It's uh, where Dom... uh, I'm going to use character. Sorry. Uh, Sky and Sophie. Oh, one of us is lying. Yeah. I... It felt like it just felt like a music video. Yeah, it really and, did. And and I think that's why I like it. Cuz it's like cuz much like the first one, every song felt different. And I don't know how to feel about that. But this one I know I like cuz it's cuz it's cool with the interwovenness and the the technicality of it all and I'm like that's so cool. And that's where the compliments kind of end. Except for Fernando. No. Fernando, of course, the second that she said, Fernando, I was like, oh, okay, great. Brilliant. So funny. I cheered as if it was like the winning touchdown during the Super Bowl for my favorite team. Like, I was just like, (laughs) yes, let's go. See, sports. We do sports sometimes on here. <laughs> so yes, yes, and I, so I think of going, kind of talking about the music as a whole. So Mamma Mia coming back from the first one, I loved. I, I I think that makes sense to me. I did enjoy some of the reprises, like SOS. I, I thought as like a little again recitative kind of reprise, just him on his own. I thought was actually really beautiful and touching. Dancing Queen made no fucking sense. Super Trooper as the curtain call, sure. Additions of new songs. Fernando was the clear winner. And which yeah. is why, you know, bring and share for that. I did like, though, that, that so um, I have a dream and thank you for the music and knowing me, knowing you and name of the game are all from the original musical that they cut those songs out for the movie. I thought I have a dream was in the movie. And then, like, just the I very- think I have. I think she's like when she's like rowing away on the boat in the moonlit night. I, yes. think, I think she's singing it. Um. But uh, but yeah, I yes, I I did like that they brought those in. Like, those are two of my favorite ABBA songs, and I, I actually I thought they I thought they actually worked 
some of the best in the new movie. I think they actually work better in the new movie than they did in the original stage show. Clearly, you know, the, the director and the producers of the film thought that, that they cut it from the first one. But I, I thought that I thought that was that I really enjoyed. But one of us was good. When I kissed the teacher was just fun. But most of the other songs added, like there's like four other songs in there. I, I was <laughs> so why do I really kind of care? If I'm being honest, even somebody who loves ABBA and grew up on the music, I was like, kind of like I don't. I'm I not think, listening. I think I like Angel Eyes as a song from this movie. I don't think I like what they did filming like visually but like the hearing hearing them sing it i was like okay yeah this is cool and it like like i kind of knew it before but then like because i watched this and then i got more into abba's discography i i like the song more but i think i like abba's version (laughs) no yeah yeah so once they did Mamma Mia, I, I kind of wrote down, I was like, oh, now maybe I'm in it. Maybe now I'm in it. Or like, even when Dancing Queen played, like I actually was, as much as it made no sense whatsoever, like the whole dance sequence and the song itself, I loved hearing the song that I, it definitely lifted my mood because I was like, this is something I recognize a little bit more and that I like, I wanted to hear. And it was the camp that you're missing. Mm-hmm. How, like we kind of get like in Waterloo there's a level of camp there but I mean Hugh Skinner man fucked it up so bad so okay here's my here's my thing about this whole movie and I want to I want to hear your thoughts okay the first one I have such a clear memory of the first time I saw it which was in and at the movie theaters during a movie night for Stage Door Manor where they take all the campers to go to the movie theater And all of us were, like, heckling at the movie. Some people hated it. I fucking loved it. And, like, but I loved that energy of all these theater kids just watching Mamma Mia and thinking it's ridiculous. But it is a movie that I will turn on even on my own. Or, like, if I have a friend over, be like, you want to watch Mamma Mia? And, like, it's just, it's it's a fun, feel-good movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this one, (laughs) on the other hand, what I wrote down was I feel like it's kind of like reality TV. If I'm watching it alone, personally, I feel sad. But if I'm having a wine night with my friends watching it, and we can kind of make fun of it, maybe I would enjoy it more. But because I kind of was just sitting and watching it and taking it in seriously, and it was how I was spending my night, I kind of don't know if I enjoyed it in the right setting. And I wonder if I would have enjoyed it more of Surrounded by Theater Kids, you know. Yeah, I mean, because, well... I know for me, I saw it in theaters and I was just waiting for Cher to show up because she's been, she was on all the promotional things. You know, they made a big deal in the trailer that she shows up and then she shows up in like the last 10 minutes of the movie. And you're like, I waited this long through this piece of shit for Cher to show up, do a, do a little number and then leave. (laughs) Truly. But when she showed up, like every time I've seen this movie, I think, and I think at this point, I saw it once in theaters by myself. I definitely watched it twice for this podcast. And I think maybe I watched it one more time. So we're talking like four or five times in total. I've seen this movie. And every time she shows up, I'm always giving like a standing O 
because she also doesn't want to be there. You can tell, but she, when she sings Fernando, it's just magic lights up. <laughs> and I'm not talking just about the fireworks in the background. Like <laughs> it is so great. And I, and I think I remember seeing it in theaters. There was like a handful of people there and everyone, and a lot of people clapped after Fernando. And I, I joined in too. Cause you know, you do that. And clearly she didn't hear us, but you know what? I don't give a shit. You know what? You she know felt what? it. She could feel she, it. Yeah. She was like, the gays love me. <laughs> and that's um, my bad chair, everyone. Uh, ho! Do you believe in another Mamma Mia movie? No. No share. Okay, so that's this is my question then. Okay, so for the MMU, the Mamma Mia universe. Okay. What are the necessary elements for a film? So what are the motifs that must be in a Mamma Mia movie to well, make Ma- it a Mamma Mia? The song Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen. I think Queen. that's one. I guess apparently Dancing Queen. Um, but and I mean, Waterloo. The best... And Waterloo, apparently. But, the, the, but Dancing Queen's the best example, too, where it's like Dancing Queen was them trying to cheer up Donna in the first movie. And they were making, you know, costume changes and the the way that they were filming, it was very theatrical and, and very fun and silly. And then it's just a song in the second one. That's all it is. It's just a song. There's no dramatic movement of mm-hmm. the story from it. But back to my question, the MMU, I think it needs to be about motherhood in some way. Or the or relationship like between a mother and a daughter. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel there like must there must be a wedding. Well, there isn't a wedding in this one. There's a christening, or there's two christenings. Okay, but don't I thought for I thought Fernando and Ruby get married, Possibly. and then it then it changes to the christening. No, well, so that's my thing too. Is like we don't see sorry, them go get we don't see them get married. I think they got married over the span of the pregnancy. Nine months, yeah, yeah, because they're like <laughs> nine, nine months later, huzzah. Um, well, I think that's that's the other thing for me then too is like the first movie and the first, or let's say even the first story. The first story is so surrounded by what is like just like love and weddings and like you know the the way that weddings can bring it on these like this over sentimentality of love and it all works. Whereas like I don't know what the theme of this one was is motherhood? Question mark. N- no. Uh, uh, running a business, but not really. I think. I think it's. I think it's running a successful <laughs> business, as well as uh, how Donna found the hotel. Yeah, I, I, that's that's my thing. It's just like there was no clear framing device, either thematically. There was no true like. I don't know. I just it, you know the idea of like that that over sentimentality of love in the first one, and just that ease with which you can fall in love i didn't feel that in in this movie and so even even i i wrote down too i was like the you know the joke of like she took harry's virginity and everything like that like the post-coital scene wasn't funny it was sad yeah because she's just like okay i'm gonna go now bye yeah it was yeah it it wasn't funny. It was sad, and I was like, "I this, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this." And Alexio is such a weird 
sub subplot i think is a sub subplot or a subplot i don't know b storyline maybe but like they put such emphasis on it and yes it does pay back pay off later but like i don't know it doesn't feel that strong of a payoff yeah because like you know all of a sudden he's just like you remember me apollonia and you're like <laughs> it's been, my guy it's been thir- oh, 30 something years 20 oh, sorry 26 years because it's supposed to be, take place 25 uh, it's supposed to take place five years after the first movie and in the first movie sophie is 20. 20 yes so we're talking like 26 years here i can't remember 26 years ago d speeds I, d- I don't even think you are 26 years old right now so, I'm tw- I'm 27, so I definitely can't remember 26 years ago. Right, so you're just like, I'm, uh, and something so small like that, because like, you know, five years ago, he learned that he is potentially, he potentially has a daughter that he never knew about for 20 years. I feel like that takes a little more precedence in your mind than remembering something so yeah. small. So Something but, like, it's small, but like, it was big at the moment, but it's so small in the grand scheme of your life. So this, and I think this, this brings up another thing that I think this, this, this version of the story didn't do well, that I think the first one did, which was utilizing the people of Calicari. Yeah. Well, I mean, they expand Calicari where we see the little village that magically exists. I don't see that. I kind that I kind of didn't mind that expansion of like, Oh, well, I mean, you you said they, they got food from someplace, and there's probably more than just this hotel on the island. Like, if there's going to be a hotel, there must be other things. Um, and I liked that we actually met, you know, Sophia. Uh huh. The the woman who you know the woman who eventually lets her have the farmhouse. I, I I that see that's the stuff that I didn't mind expanding the universe or giving the backstory that I enjoyed. I, I did love you know. I loved her. Sophia's son in the band. <laughs> yes. Uh, La- Lazaro or whatever. Yeah. Something along those lines. Um, but I think that, I think what, what that also leads to is the lack of creativity and the backing vocals in this film. Mm. That backing vocals just appeared and you just heard it. Whereas in the first film, it would always be the villagers just like popping up. And that's what made it so campy too, is, you know, in Mamma Mia, when you have all the villagers joining in on her song, and I'm trying to, what's the one where she's like walking through the woods? Oh, I think it's name, it's name, it's um name of the game. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that, where, I don't know. I was like, I was, I, I spiraled a little bit rewatching this because I'm just like, do the animals mean anything? Like, the horse does. Is there a deeper meaning behind it? The goat that she sees. Why the, the fuck name is there a horse? I well, you. I mean, it's Sophia's horse. You I find know. out later. But I'm just like, who abandons a horse in a hotel like that, or like in a I, structure like hey, that? Chekhov's horse. If you're not gonna, if you show the horse in the first act, you better use it in the third act. <laughs> but and I don't then, think the payoff was big enough. But then the goat, I was just like, is this like, 
is there is there a mean deeper meaning behind this? Am I supposed to like be picking up on a theme? What is with the oranges and everything? No, I think it's just you know they needed to kill time somehow. And I think this is I think I forget when we talked about this. We talked about this in um last five years, in the fact that I felt like there was a lot of them trying to fill moments. And mm, so they just yes. added in behaviors that didn't make sense instead of using something creative. And it put a lot on the actors. And first of all, I want to say, Lily James can sing. Yeah, yeah, she can. And, and I, I think she had the hardest part because she has to be young Meryl. And I, I do agree with you and Darius that she at least, you know, had her own kind of take on it. She wasn't trying to do a Meryl impression at all. But boy, oh boy, was she given face. She was given, she was, the her facial behavior was non-stop. So I think, you know, so much I mean, going into it, go, going into Sharp and Flat, I think that's the natural for me. Because sometimes I'm like, yo, you can just act. You don't, you like, don't, you don't got to do that much. And then sometimes I was like, all right, she's like charismatic as hell. I, I really like Mamma Mia in this one too. Because it starts off like quiet. And yeah, none of these songs in any in any of the movies really have like that quiet beginning, and so it was like a little different. And I was just like, "That's pretty." That's because re- like it's a little bit of like the typical musical theater definition, where it's like if you have so much emotion that you can't say it, you sing it, and so like the fact that it starts acapella and quiet and it's just her with a microphone on a stage like that i was just like this is perfection and i wish the rest of the movie was like this yeah no i well but but then at the same time there were especially in the present scenes there were so many scenes that were like that were just quiet moments that i think it was a little overused that when we actually get to use it for dramatic faction i don't know if it hits as hard hmm but I, I do, you know, in the in the first one too, we have "Take a Chance on Me" when Julie Walters just kind of starts a cappella, and then it builds into that big number. That's funny as hell. That you're right. I did forget about that. Did you stay for the post credit scene, by the way, or did you just shut it off immediately? There's a post credit scene. Oh my god, D speeds. There's a post credit scene in this movie. All right, hang on. Pause. I'm gonna watch it real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it real quick. I'll be right back. Okay, I got it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to leave my mic on, and you're going to hear my live reaction. Great. I love this. Yes. Take a chance on me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sorry, that wasn't really interesting. Live react. Maybe we edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie, though. He is the best character of this whole movie. Okay, so but that's that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Him, uh, uh, Alexio, is that uh, the guy who, who? Alexio is the guy from the boat. Uh, you're probably talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. But, Lazar- but then also Lazaro's, the cafe singer, Lazaro. But all three of them, like those, these are the these are the characters from like the village. Like the guy who's just like, I like your hair shorter. It was better when it was shorter. Like, why was there no payoff on that? And I don't know, like, like he was hilarious in like meeting these other people on the island. And um, man, Andy Garcia's Fernando was so stoic, 
But the second he walks on stage, and, or on stage, he comes on screen and he he talks to Sophie, I go, all right, who's going to fuck the hotel manager? That was the first question I had. Did you just He's still my beating, beating vagina. vagina. I was about to be, I was about to say that because like that, I mean, say what you will, there, there are some pockets of moments, uh, pockets of thing, time in this movie where you're laughing your ass off. Whether the with follow-up or to that line, it. The follow-up to that line is, have him washed and brought to my tent. Yes. Yes. And like even uh, younger uh, Tanya has something similar when she meets um, uh, young ha- not Sam. Young Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that they had actually met them all before. No. Well, they didn't meet Harry before. That's the thing. That's true. Yeah, because they meet Sam and Bill, but not Harry. And it's just... Also, I'm going to say, though, I I disagree with you guys. I love the just impersonations that young uh, Christine Baranski and Julie Walters did. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I thought their mannerisms and their vocal intonation was spot on i thought it was so funny i mean they were those actresses were great they were super duper i still hated their super trooper well no i didn't mind super trooper because Cher was giving you 10 percent, and that's all she that's all i needed (laughs) um but i still hated their hair because it's like I don't have the same hairstyle for like 30 years. I could say that. I go through different hairstyles, different phases and everything. So like to have something so specific <laughs> when they're young. It's a trademark. Oh my god. Like who needs those bangs? You don't need you don't always have bangs. Women don't always have bangs. Sometimes only when they're according to my friends, only when you're going through a traumatic lifetime experience that's when you grow out your bangs or you cut them <laughs> or you cut your bangs yes that's but i was just like you don't need you don't need that hair the same exact hair you don't need it trust us you can trust us give them more 70s hair i wish she had like a farrah Fawcett hair and i don't know i know you don't know what that means but listener <laughs> if you know what i mean you know what i mean but like I, I don't know. There was just something that I was just like, I don't think they, they, they also felt like it also felt like they didn't trust us, the audience. To yeah. they're like, we're spoon feeding you everything because you you are dummies. It, this this movie just wasn't as self aware either. It wasn't aware of the audience. It wasn't aware of it wasn't aware of itself that it was spoon feeding. But like you could spoon feed in a fun way. It just right. it felt a little lazy to me. It just felt a little lazy to me a lot of the time. Uh, um, D speeds. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? No, I'm ready. I got a, I got a couple of little fun tidbits because you're right. This movie does have some fun tidbits that I think uh, I want to talk about with my sharps and my flats. Great. Let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. If we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. And because this is second chance, we're going to see what... Fuck it. I I already agree. I feel like I'm always going to agree with my former sharps and flats uh, in second chance theater. But I have new ones. I have new ones, everyone. Good. Good. Uh, D-Speeds, what do you want to... You go. You go. Start with whatever you want to do. 
Uh, I'm going to sharp the bromance between Harry and Bill. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it, that is something that was carried over from the first movie. And I'm sure it's just Stellan Skarsgård and Colin Firth liked each other. And they kind of were just like friends on set. But like, I, I, you know, the Titanic moment and Dancing Queen. Um, and even just like when they reunite, I, I was like, I was excited for them to reunite. I didn't even really care when they reunite with Pierce Brosnan. Like, it, I, I wish we had seen a couple more. Like, they seem to be the two guys who kind of get each other. And I I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I know that they are like all the dad like they they all are agreed like not to do a paternity test or anything like that it feels like but honestly it feels like pierce brosnan is the real dad and then the other two are just the fun uncles yeah and i'm here for that i, I agree with you you know i'm here for them being the fun uncles uh what other sharps do you have um, my other sharp is uh, we. I don't think uh, you guys talked a little bit more about her in the last one, so I didn't talk about her this much. But Lily James, I want I want to give her a lot of credit. I think she had the tallest order. I think if you were to put a uh, number one on the call sheet for just like who this protagonist is, I would say it's Lily James. And then that moment at the end where Meryl begrudgingly showed up to do Super Trooper. I wrote, <laughs> "Oh hi, Meryl." <laughs> um. But I, I think Lily James had the hardest thing to do because she is, you know, is, is filling the shoes of Meryl Streep. She is the emotional backbone of this movie, if there is one, <laughs> and um, has the most to do and the most for us to care about. And, I, you know, I, I did enjoy watching her on screen every time she was on screen. I didn't re- always love the story that she was involved with, but I was always happy to kind of watch her go through um whatever Donna was experiencing. So I just, I want, I want to really give her a shout out. I think she, she had a tall order to fill and she, she totally filled it. Uh, any other sharps or is that basically it? My last sharp that I, I want to highlight is um, the use of the baguette in Waterloo. I need you to elaborate. Cause I blacked that. Hugh song Skinner out. picks up a baguette, a baguette, <laughs> a baguette. Yes. A baguette. Uh, he picks up a baguette and he starts playing it as a guitar. And then he starts walking on the chairs, which I thought was a really cool shot. Then he plays it as the, a recorder or a trumpet. And then all of a sudden starts sword playing with it. And I was like, hell yeah, absolutely. How many uses of a baguette can we get? That's, that's the question I want every film director to ask is how many ways <laughs> can we use a baguette? So, I mean, but I'm saying that shows to me that they had creativity and they had fun ideas, and then they just like decided not to do them some of the time. <laughs> I know I usually don't do pull quotes from Sharps and Flats, but I'm probably going to use that one. <laughs> Please. Um, okay, you had a natural. Remind me what was your natural? Great, let's go to flats then. Oh, it was it was Lily the many facial expressions of Lily James. That's right. Yeah, yeah, she's acting for the back of the house, which again, which again, she's doing very well. I think it was just like at some points I was like, "Girl, I know, I know this whole movie's you. Just trust yourself. You got this. You don't, you don't, you don't gotta, you don't gotta give face." <laughs> um. All right, flats. Let's hear them. All right, my first flat is going to be um, when she slides down the banister 
in the farmhouse that is completely splintered wood. <laughs> what the actual fuck? The fact that she didn't like immediately die need to go get bandages, yeah, or a, t- a tetanus shot, or a tweezers to pull all the splinters out of her butt. Oh my god. That's yeah. my first big flat. I don't know why that's the one that... That's the thing that maybe actually bothered me the most about this entire movie. <laughs> well, I mean, and then also you realize she broke in there and is squatting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also, it seems like it's not fully covered, like, by a roof or walls. No, I mean, if that banner... And is she feeding the horse? I, she thinks the horse has no owner. I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Cuz like you see the banister fall and then a few scenes later when Sam when she fights with Sam about how he's oh, engaged yeah. and everything, she runs up the stairs and there's no banister there and you're just like that's unsafe. <laughs> I'm sorry. That I I like you just like that's just I don't under I, that's unsafe. You're just being unsafe right now. How dare you? I'm sorry, we have to go back to one sharp real quick. Okay. And I know it's because you blocked out the entire the entire sequence. But uh Benny coming in and playing uh during um playing Our Last Summer as some Muzak in the cafe and then he's singing with them in Waterloo. One of the original ABBA members. Nope, I know that. And then Bjorn is one of the other teachers at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> what are the other flats? I mean I don't oh my, one of my flats is the absolute hang on let me let me phrase this how i want to phrase this because I, I want this to be another pull quote <laughs> okay the absolute incompetency of the creative team to underutilize julie walters and christine baranski oh shit be still my beating vagina is iconic and I'm so happy we had that moment. And I was like, oh, maybe Christine Baranski is going to have like more, a, like a, a more, to, more to do. Nope. Julie Walters didn't even get to do her Julie Walters thing. She was the sharp that both of us had in Mama Mia 1. We said that she's the best part of this entire fucking movie. And I didn't get me any Julie Walters. I feel like they just made her the funny sidekick in this one. And not even that funny. I couldn't tell you a single line she said. Exactly. I'm not even that funny. So I, that that made me upset. I'm only Ooh, another sharp. I, I was I was gonna say I'm only thinking of like Angel Eyes, where she's the butt. Of, she's the she's the third. So it's the butt of the joke. Where it's where like uh, prime example, um, Christine gets lifted. It does a lift over a table, and then Amanda does a lift over a table, and then Julie goes, and nobody lifts her. And she sits on the table and the two guys pick up the table and turn her around. I'm like, that's not that funny. I don't think. Yeah. Like, it, I, I may I may just chuckle out of pity. Hmm. Uh, sorry, what was your other sharp that you said that you were saying? Um, uh, Rosie and Bill's shirts reconnect. The patchwork shirt that Stellan Cigars Guard wears. Yes. I want that in my closet. And then her matching, by matching, I mean totally clashing shirt that she wears in that scene. Um, gr- brilliant. Uh, do you have any other sharps, flats, naturals? My last flat is just kind of overall, it's just 
the lack of camp and to me, honestly, creativity at times and, um, and fun that they wanted to have in this movie. It's just, you know, that comes into the backing vocals and how to use back, backing vocals. How are you actually utilizing the music and the dancing and the people in the movie? Because again, a sharp will be the villagers when they are featured, but the flat is that they're not as prominent. Yeah. Um, okay. So as I said already, I agree with my former sharps and flats, but I have new ones. I only have one new sharp and it's the guard at the pier. Like he, oh yeah, he genuinely made me laugh. I always look forward to the post credit scene that I made you watch live on while recording this. Um, and man, what great content we got out of that! <laughs> yeah, all all the editing that I have to do around that. Um, so my flats, my new flats. Um, I'm flatting that we left Kalakari. Like, mm. like we were in Tokyo and Sweden and England and France. And I'm just like, we didn't need, I mean, France, I think worked because they, that's how they shoehorned in Waterloo. So made sense, kind of, but like for Harry to have that meeting in Tokyo that he is not really invested in, I'm just like, then why was it here? Yeah. Again, a not a pre-COVID COVID movie. <laughs> um, I also am flatting the retconning of the first movie to fit this story. Yeah. Even I don't know if you remember this. It's a brief, the briefest of brief moments in the first movie before Mamma Mia happens when uh, Meryl peeks in and sees all three of them. You see there. You see them and they're like, it's like a funny moment where like they're in their 70s wear and they're all like, yeah, and things like that. And the younger selves look nothing like that. Nope. Granted, also a lot of other things, too, that with the retconning that they did. But like, that's one that I was just like, guys, you did it already. Just pay attention. I also my second note on this that I have from the entire movie is so Meryl's dead but her mother is suddenly alive again. Yeah. Like, again, there is a line that says, like, my mother is dead or something, like, or, like, God rest her they, soul. Or... Yeah, they talk about... It, 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 it. I don't think they actually explicitly say that she's dead, but the way that they talk about her is if she's dead. She's dead to her, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, my last flat, grain of salt, everyone, but it kind of pissed me off that they m- missed an opportunity to throw in the women of ABBA in this movie. Like when I kissed the teacher, this is what I I wrote this for. I'm going to, I'm going to say it verbatim. I feel like they missed an opportunity to have the vice chancellor be played by someone who was involved in Mamma Mia somehow. Maybe the person who originated the role of Donna, maybe one of the women. Cause even like the mom, Bill's mom, that's somebody else. That's I, I was like, you have a Swedish character here. For fuck's sake, throw in one of the women. I know, I know that, that this is probably still when they hated each other because they hated each other since they broke up, or even when they were together. But like, come on, you had an opportunity here. <sighs> you see, in Super Trooper, I actually do think they all were having fun with each other and they liked doing this. Yeah, except for sure. Um, like, and 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 Meryl. I wanted them to make more fun of themselves. 
I feel like in the first movie they're making more fun of themselves, and, this, and there's something just so serious overtone in the second one. Even though it's ridiculous, and there are silly moments that are are very funny and and fun, I just I didn't understand the very serious undertone. Maybe not overtone, but the undertone was just very like at, at its core, it felt way more serious. Because like I don't really care about the reopening of the hotel, and that is what is stressing Sophie out. And I'm just like, also, you didn't check the fucking weather before you had an opening night party. I get it. It's an island. Everything comes quickly, but come but, on. But like, somebody says a storm is coming, and they're like your manager, and you probably and you're supposed to trust them. So you're like, cool. Let maybe let's not put all the food out right away. Like let's maybe keep it in the kitchen and wait a little bit or something. Like, <laughs> and then when she went out to like hold up that sign it reminded me a lot of like marvel movies where the 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 main super the main avenger is is doing this feat of strength to show you like like in um uh one of the captain america movies he's holding on to a helicopter (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but then and then and then and then pierce brosnan's like tie this down and she just goes it's like the easiest tie down to tie down the tent Right, and I'm just, I'm like, you guys must hate the scene because you, you're not, you're like, oh, it's uh, it's windy, oh no, oh god, um, yeah. Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Honestly, yeah, because I fucking love Name of the Game and Knowing Me, Knowing You. I've been singing Knowing Me, Knowing You all morning before we recorded this. It just gets stuck in my head. Um, what did I say last time? Let me see. Because I may just agree with that, too. You said Mamma Mia, of course. Oh, no. I only said Fernando. (laughs) Um, I'm going to... Okay. I said Fernando. I'm going to keep Fernando. Um, You know what? I agree with you. I agree with your joke that you just said. I did like Mamma Mia. It was a great song. Um, I'm also going to add Angel Eyes. Because as a song, I like it. Like I said. I don't really like the visuals. Because it's trying too hard to be dancing queen in the first movie yeah Um, but musically love it and then i think that's it yeah although have you listened to Cher's abba album i know i mentioned it last oh i know you mentioned it to darius i didn't have a chance to listen to it before this but yes i have not i no i have not listened to it fernando is the same minus andy garcia She's nothing if not consistent. But I, I think it was just like, she was just like, hey, people of Mamma Mia, here we go again. I'm going to record your little song that you want me to record, but I'm going to put it on my album, my my track on my album. You guys do whatever you want for the movie. Tell Andy he can do whatever he wants. I don't know why I made her British. <laughs> because it's Cher. Um, and on that note, D-Speeds, we're done with the episode. We did it. We did it. I can't. I can't. I can't wait until we we go. Well, okay. What's the title of the third Mamma Mia movie? If the second one's Here We Go Again, what's the third title? How can I resist you? How can I? Re- Ooh, Mamma Mia. How can I resist you? Because because Here We Go Again is a line in the song. Yeah. So you have yep, to. Yep. That's the other. That's another 
thing you need for the the next one is to like yes. still incorporate the song. It must be time. a Mamma Mia lyric, and we just continue on. Mom, all right. I will see you here again, John, for Mamma Mia three. How could I resist you? I really hope it's some sort of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and like it's not these people, but like somebody else's story, and then these people like weave in and out of it somehow. Amen. Um, D Speeds, what do you have to plug or promote? It's the summer. I ain't got shit going on, but I'm happy to be here. And um got some stuff in the works that hopefully, you know, when by the time this comes out, hopefully uh you can uh follow me at D Speeds23 Instagram and uh I'll be able to share it with you by then. Um and if you want to finance myself, D Speeds, and Darius to write the third one. We need Darius, just because... Yeah, of course, of course we do. He'll bring some spice. You know, and even you know Matt, if Matt was, wants was, to come, we can let Matt come. I was like, yeah, Matt, oh, God. It, it'll be the campiest movie ever. If the good, good, we need, because that's yes. what we need to, we need to add back yeah, in. We need, good, good. we need, we need Matt. Um, so if you want to throw us money to do this, uh, uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com, us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, or Venmo me at Derek hyphen speedy. <laughs> yes. Basically that. Uh, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about street scene. Woo. Haven't seen it yet. Don't know what it's about. Oh, yeah. definitely not. Not Mamma Mia vibes. Definitely sure. not Mamma Mia at all. Wow, um, that okay. Whew. God Godspeed. <laughs> oh shit. I'm now scared. Um, but D Speed, thank you so much for coming back on and unfortunately making yourself and me watch this movie. Well, till next time. Well, okay. Now that it's the end of the episode. Do you actually regret watching this movie or you're, were you just like, it happened, we did it? I don't regret watching this movie. What I do regret is my options on Amazon Prime were to rent for $3.99 or it was to buy for $6.99 and I bought it. That well, now, is my regret. Well, now you can invite some friends over and... We'll have a wine a- night. I'll make a nice little board and we'll uh we'll we'll roast this movie yes that because that's what you need you need people to watch it with you with wine and cheese the end here we go again here we go (laughs) uh and thank you everyone for listening and bye for now bye-bye Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.